Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning. This is uh, Guest Thursday, and uh, we have very special guest, uh, Christina and yes, we uh, Jeff. Do. Uh, Kathy, why don't you introduce them? I, th- I think you're their friends of yours, so why don't you introduce them a little bit, and then we can uh, yeah. have them share. I'm excited to have you guys meet Christine and Jeff. Um, we met them actually through Kendra and Nathan. Um, is how we connected with Christine and Jeff. Um, and Kendra and Nathan have been a guest on here before, so our, our listeners are familiar with them. Yep. Um, but they came to an abide retreat a few years ago. They live, what are you guys, maybe two to three hours from me, maybe? It's Something like, like that. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're in um, Massachusetts. In, are you actually in Athol or Orange? Athol. Mm-hmm. Athol, okay. Yeah, so, and they've been getting some serious weather this year, I know, a little more than we have, Um, but fun to have them on. Um, They are sweet, sweet friends um, with, you guys are going to hear, just huge hearts for ministry and for giving it away and um, have learned to abide and are really just living it out. And so excited just for them to share their story. And I'm excited to catch up because I haven't gotten to see them in a little bit. So I'm excited as much as you get to hear some of these, I get to hear some of the new things that are going on. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Thanks for coming uh, on to share. Where's your town in relationship to uh, Boston? Where's that, where is it? We're about an hour from the outskirts of Boston. So we're like smack dab in the middle of Central Mass. Okay. Uh, the area. Oh, great. Yeah, sure. I know where that is. Um, well, uh, if uh, to have our audience uh, learn a little bit about it, how, why don't you each of you share, how did you each come to know Jesus uh, in your life? Okay. Um, well, this is home for me. So I've grown up in Airfall um, and have kind of don't really remember um, much of a life without Jesus, to be honest with you. Um, kind of have always grown up in the church. I remember um, kneeling down at my bedside um, when I was probably five or six years old with my mom. Um, and that being my first kind of like her leading me to Christ. And over my childhood, that relationship just growing and becoming um, not my parents' faith anymore, but yeah. my own faith. And so there have been many kind of defining moments of um you know taking my faith to the to the next level um but as a as a little girl i came to know jesus wow beautiful and so how, how old are you how old are you when you think you accepted christ but how old are you then i would say probably five years old five five years old beautiful yeah that's that's a neat thing how about you uh jeff i was also brought up in church um i was always going as a young man um i would go with my grandmother mostly instead of my parents um so she had got to where she was not able to be driving herself so i was always driving with her and going with her and um, so sweet (laughs) so i really grew up in the southern baptist religion like tradition um and just came time to grow up and go out into the world and 
um, I, I gave my life to Christ when I was like 12 years old at a church camp. So um, I always say when I'm giving my testimony, I was saved before I was a sailor, but I was a sailor before I was a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. When it was time to uh, grow up and move out, I joined the Navy and um, was offered a, a whole bunch of things that uh, you didn't find in rural Louisiana. So, um, so yeah, so I went prodigal child and walked away from my faith for a season, but God never stopped uh, chasing me or leading me or guiding me. You know, I thought I was going here, I thought I was going there, but I was actually going right where God wanted me to go. So. Um, led me back to church um, three years into my four-year term in the Navy. So I was everyone's battle buddy. But then when I really decided to live my life for Christ, then I kind of got really ostracized. And they're like, who are you? What do you mean you don't want to go do all this with us? And I was like, sorry. I was like, I'm going to live my life for Christ now. I'm going to be who he wanted me to be yeah. and really committed my life to being who he created me to be. And shortly after, this beautiful young lady came into my life. That's about the time I met him, um, when he probably returned to um, his roots, if you would. Uh, Jeffrey, yeah, so Jeffrey, you on a boat? Were you on a ship? I was. I was on the USS Monterey, got in Mr. Cruiser. Okay. Um, and, uh, and then did you, so you finish your four-year term. Uh, uh, and then you returned. How did you guys meet then? Uh, so you, you're, are you retired, uh, retired at that point from the Navy, or what did you, what did you do? How did you meet each other? I only did a one term. So we met about almost three years into my, um, my term in the Navy. So I was on my way out, but um, we really met at church through church. And, yeah. And in Massachusetts. No, that was in Norfolk, Virginia. So she okay. was going to college there, and I was stationed there. And so. A lot of our, our beginning relationship, our dating relationship, was he was deployed, and we would email back and forth or get phone calls at random hours in the middle of the night. And kind of um, really, those are some of our sweetest, like my sweetest memories of um, laying that foundation of communication in our marriage because there was so no you met you met actually at church when he was there is that what what you said yeah so i went down um i i graduated high school and i um kind of never wanted to stay here which ironically <laughs> god has us back here um but um so i went away to college for a semester at a christian college and it just wasn't what i had expected and i think i went in with a lot of um probably expectations of what that would look like and it wasn't so I moved back home and kind of gathered um, my thoughts and you know next season ideas um, and then um, moved down to Virginia and actually just went to a state school um, and really truth be told like I moved down there for a boy that didn't work out. <laughs> um, God's creative in yeah, how he yeah. does things. I was going to say, there's there's another story behind that move. So, okay, all right, now, now we got the real story. Okay. Um, and so I ended up down there, and that relationship didn't really work out. And that was probably, I never, I will say this, I never I never walked away from the Lord, but that was the the season in my life that I felt the most distant from him. Um, and I remember going, wanting to be involved and a part of the crowd. And so 
I remember this one night vividly, but like going to a party and, and not participating and not drinking and doing all the things, but just being in that environment, I could sense the Holy Spirit already in my heart was like, you don't belong here. And what are you doing here? So uh, I just remember like, um, really being led back to my faith and the reasons why, um, God has set me apart. And so was looking for a church in the area, didn't really know where to go and, um, happened to like Google or through America online back in the day or whatever, um, <laughs> found this church. And um, it showed a list of the people that were going like through AOL. So we actually met through AOL. Uh, um, and then, well, you know, there was like maybe a, a period of a couple of weeks. And then we met in person down there. Um, I was home for Thanksgiving break. And that was when we met. Um, and so connected with him and asked him about the church. And then he was like, do you want to meet up when you get back down here? And so that's um, the rest is history, I guess. But yeah. that's how we met. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah I was going i was involved in a young adults group mm -hmm. at the church i was going to and mm -hmm. it was so crucial and kept me so anchored in my faith and my decision to stay committed so i don't know what the demographic of your listeners are but if you have any young adults out there get in a church and find a young adults group there are other people who are not going to tell you it's not cool to do what the world does <laughs> It's really cool to do what God wants you to do and what he created you to do. So and just the mentoring that happened through that yeah. group. Actually the um the there was a couple that was just really instrumental in that time in our life. And um her name was Miss Kim and she actually just passed away a couple weeks ago. And mm. so we've been remembering her. Mm. But just her influence and the way that they really um just shepherded us so well in that season. Yeah. So you uh, you met at church and you uh, connected to each other. How uh, how long were you dating before you got engaged? A couple of years. Eighteen months. Yeah, eighteen months or so. Um, I was he. So he was deployed and I was waiting for the ring the day that he came back the homecoming. And so my parents came down. I mean, we were like, I had the wedding already started to be planned before there was really an engagement. Um, so we knew it was go going to happen and we were talking about it a lot, but um, I think there was this grandiose idea of maybe proposing <laughs> here and it didn't it actually play out like that, but it was still very sweet and uh, typical Jeff back. Yeah, I'm shy, she didn't know that. Yeah. Very overwhelming and um, it really meant a lot to me that her whole family came down and um, most of the people in our young adults group was there. I mean, cause I had returned with the ship a number of times from deployment and that there was never anybody waiting for me. So Aww. I had all those people there waiting um, and meant a lot to me. Wow. So now, you, were they all expecting to see a proposal then too? Or that was just know. a little bit in your mind? <laughs> I, I think they were. Oh, it did happen that day. Very good. Okay. Just not in front of everybody like that. No. <laughs> okay. So you did come home and you got engaged. Uh, uh, and uh, Christine, so you uh, got excited about that. <laughs> yeah, very excited. Uh, and how long, and how long did, were you then engaged before you got married? Uh, so he came home in April and we were married in August. Ah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, planned the wedding. We got married back in Massachusetts up here. Um, and so kind of fun fact, um, he's originally from Louisiana and I'm from 
Massachusetts. And um, some of his extended family actually lives like a half an hour from us. Wow. Um, oh, you're kidding. So, yeah, it yeah. was neat the way that God kind of connected. Yeah, they all lived in Western Mass. And that's where her dad owned a business, like in the same town. So mm -hmm. where all my family grew up. So it was really, yeah. Great. What, do you, what year was that when you got married? 2005. 2005. Okay. So you've been married 15 years, 16 years? Yep. Yep. Um, and uh, how many kids you have? How's, how's that? Uh, what's your family like? So we have three kids. Um, we have a son who's 15. So we didn't wait a whole lot of time to have a family. No. <laughs> um, and then we have twin daughters that are 13. So oh, wow. to say that we're parents of three teenagers feels very odd. You guys look too young to have, uh, have three teenagers. And uh, what's, it like, uh, what's it like having twi twi twin daughters? What's that like? At 13, oh, yes. So the, there's 22 months between the twins and Jacob. And so wow. uh, it always feels like a whirlwind, just um, different seasons. But um, they figured it out. I mean, we, we originally kind of set them uh, to do all the same things together. Uh, Riley and Kaylee are doctors. And they um, have definitely taken on their, their unique personalities and founded... Um, found out what God has made them for. And so yeah. um, we kind of set the, like, you need to choose one one activity. Um, so we're not running around in more than three places. That we'll exactly, yeah. <laughs> do, the, do, the, uh, do the daughters, do they uh, uh, dress the same way? Are they, you know, do they typical uh, twins? Or they have kind of, the, like you said, individual personalities? Are they very unique? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're they're night and day, so different. I did try to dress them um, the same as long as I could get away with, but I could not get away with them. <laughs> the same money on the outfits? <laughs> no, they're so yeah, they're they're the students, all of our kids. Nate, Nate, and so Tyler, go ahead. Are really good all the time. So I'm proud of that. I'm yeah. proud that they know how to act in front of other people. Yeah, <laughs> you can actually talk to them, huh? That's Nate. good. That's good. What uh, what kind of work are you guys doing? What what do you do, uh, uh, Jeff? What kind of work do you do now? Um, I work for a company that does industrial sales, industrial tool sales. Um, anything you need to run a factory, we provide um, uh, manufacturing, aerospace, medical, weapons. So any anything that's made, um, we can we can provide what they need. And I spend. Uh, the last 15 years in inside sales. So, um, you know, taking calls all day, uh, working on the computer, getting people what they need, you know, where's my, where's my water, cracking it down. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. And uh, recently in the last six months, um, I did, I did change positions in the same company. Um, and now I only have one customer and um, I take care of their orders in the morning and then I actually get to go travel to their plant and be on the ground for all afternoon and get to be there and I get to see where the tools end up and this customer's actual faces and um, build relationships in person and you know say walk into their offices and be like hey can I get you anything what do you need so it's more of a outside now so yeah that's kind of cool uh, must be must yeah, be it must be a pretty large company it it is it is i don't know if i can name drop it yeah I don't know. but the the neat backstory is like that really had nothing to do with what he did in the military 
Um, and so we kind of came to a, a cross crossroads um, rather quickly at our marriage and kind yeah. of knew that we didn't want to live the military life as a family. And Kathy, I know you can appreciate this, but um, just, you know, prayed together about it as a newly married couple and what God yeah. would have for us. Um, and he actually even explored like changing jobs right. in, the or, in the military. Yeah. But, you know, so my dad um, owned his own company. This is the company Jeff is still with. But so my dad had said, like, if you want to move back home, I can give Jeff a job. And so essentially that's what happened. Um, we Sounds got like it's been a great fit for him. Yeah. Too. Oh, we yeah. got married in August. And I think by like November, we were back up here so oh great so you've yeah, uh, have convenient. you have you lived in the same house for the 15 years or have you uh, had a couple <laughs> couple of different no. places we, we had three under under three so we were we were in a very small first a typical first home you know two very wet kids with a little toddler running around and uh, <laughs> then when you get the news that you're having twins and your son can just learning how to walk and his dump truck rolls five times to get to the both ends of the house you're like this is not gonna work yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're in our probably yeah we moved here before we had the twins so yeah 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 well, that's neat it's very exciting now what you're doing uh so uh, tell us about, uh, you know, Kathy said you went to an abiding retreat. How has that impacted your walk with God? What does that look like for you? And, you know, what difference has that made in your life that you've learned uh, abiding? And, and then we can talk about discerning God's will together. Uh, how, how and do, actually, uh, Chris, Christine may want to um, chime in. She has all kinds of ministry things that she's involved in that she may want to yeah. just give the listeners a background on um, to understand more of where you're coming from as well. Sure, yeah. sure. So I do work um, full time actually from my home. I work remotely for a small nonprofit um, Christian publishing company mm -hmm. uh, located in Texas. And so do a lot of, you know, official title is director of operations, but just kind of wearing a lot of hats depending on the day. Um, and so have done everything from these kind of podcasts to building an online teaching center library and courses and stuff like that. So that's been my um, surprising gift, I guess, from the Lord without going into a lot of details, but um, he's just been gracious to far exceed my expectations um, there. And then I just have always had a heart for ministry. So um, have been very involved in women's ministry and children's ministry and um, just just kind of stay yielded to what it is that he has. And it's just constantly changing. So yeah. we're in a season of kind of some shifting um, and, and um, waiting on him to see what's next. Beautiful. And so these two stepping into their first abide retreat really came with a like y'all were so ready to receive it. It seemed like when you came in, it was it was very cool just to watch, to the weekend unfold for you. You know, so maybe you can go ahead and share about that a little bit now. Yeah, it was really. It's really abide is like really next level, you know. And then of course you wrap it under, you know, a marriage retreat. So you know, I'm I'm doing a three hour drive, very silent in my head, saying, you know, all right, let's. Get ready to hear all the ways you suck at being Christine's husband. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get there, and it's really it's about you know your true marriage to your savior, you know, and and it takes your 
Christian walk to the next level and you get um, you get this high level training on how to like really use your Bible and really apply the knowledge and what does what you're learning and reading and really under me right so both literally and spiritually as you abide on it and you chew it through many different verses and journal and pray over it and, and it's really cool sometimes like when I'll be here and then to come to find out she's in the same spot yeah <laughs> Yeah. The cross referencing for me was huge. Like that was, I feel like it just like the box busted open when I started digging deep into cross referencing scripture. And then um, I, I think I would always be a college student if I could <laughs> decide that. Like I just always love learning new things. And so to be able to dig into like the original language um, and the the Greek and Hebrew, I mean. I'm constantly just like hungry for, okay, but what does that word really mean? And like dissecting all of those um, deeper meanings and, you know, And what does Persian. it mean in the context? Yeah. yeah. Which is way more. Yeah. What, uh, what uh, uh, software are you using for the Greek and Hebrew? What, what do you use for that? I usually just use a couple different apps on my phone. So I'll use um, the Letter Bible is one. And I also use um, like Bible Hub. Um, or Bible Gateway, Bible Hub, I think I'm on more often. Yeah. Those yep. three. Yeah. Uh, and when you, uh, <clears throat> when you uh, get into the original language, <clears throat> what has that meant for you? What, what, what has that done for you to bring out the beauty of, of spiritual truth and how you, how you receive that? Uh, uh, and we, and we talked about this that, you know, the English language is pretty, <laughs> pretty lousy actually. Because uh, there's there's fifteen thousand different Greek and Hebrew words, and we only have five thousand in the English. So when you go deeper, you really get the depth of that meeting. How how has that impacted your your walk to be able to go to deeper using? The nice thing we have is, uh, uh, and I was in seminary, we didn't have it then, but uh, uh, everybody has now these apps that are easy to use. So makes it so much easier. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll just maybe walk through the process of like what I usually do yep. and that will um, bring some clarity to I guess your your question but um so I, I'll start like reading a passage like I've been back in Ephesians lately and so I'll read the passage and even sometimes read it out loud yeah um and then I'll just write like handwrite whatever that passage is in my journal and then I'll go back and like underline the words sometimes the verbs or whatever it is that's jumping out to me and then I will kind of hone in on like a verse or two or wherever kind of the Holy Spirit is just prompting me or nudging me like there's something deeper there. Um, and then I'll start to go back to those other apps and kind of look at certain keywords. And by the, by the time I'm done on any given day, like I'll have written it in the, the original version, but then I actually like write it in my I don't want to say Christine version, but yeah. like whatever it is. Yeah. And so to look at that and then to look at, you know, where he's taken is like mind boggling because it's the depth of, of what it is that he's revealed to me over that time. Um, it actually grieves me for people that don't know, that haven't yeah. experienced it because reading a verse, even at face value versus 
where it is that you can end up is yeah. like night and day different. Yeah. And it's right. that intimacy as he personalizes it for you, right? And I, I love doing like putting my my name in there instead of your you know all those little tricks and tips, but um, it it definitely changes my whole day. Yeah, I, when people say they're trying to read through the Bible in the year, and I'm just stop, don't. <laughs> it's not just something to do. You don't get a lifetime and say I read the Bible in a year. Like good for you, but if you're <laughs> one passage for the whole entire year and then you finally get what god has for you in there that's way more important than reading the whole thing in one year yeah yeah it's and, beautiful and we're saying with the with the greek like one of one personal experience that i learned was um in philippians the verse you know whatever is noble so i was going through and abiding on each one of those words and as i'm dissecting that word you know, when you think of the word noble, we think of like a royal person, like an arrogant, proud, has everything. But when you really dig into that word noble in that context, it means like serving and humility. And it just totally blows your mind. Yep. You're like, oh, I can be a noble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as you, uh, <clears throat> as you receive that, um, what did that mean to you when you started to see, oh, it's, it's really not about uh, nobility, as we as we uh, associated, it's more about humility and and receiving. How did you then uh, receive that or apply that to your life when you when you got into that? Yeah, I started to think a little bit higher of myself and say, you know, like you know, nobility is not just for you know people who are born into royal families. Like, you know, with us being heirs of Christ, we're we're no, noble. So. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, as a servant and a servant leader and humble, you know, I'll say that I'm humble. <laughs> a person who tries to be as humble as possible. Um, so that that made me feel like I belonged. Yes. Yeah, that's great. What um, as you've uh, applied uh, abiding and, and uh, discerning God's will by going to unity, do you have any examples of decisions that you process through to uh, come to uh, understand God's will uh, and uh, God showed you what he wanted and, instead of what, what, what you necessarily would maybe decide on your own? Is there any examples that you could share with that? <laughs> People that come to my mind, I think we'll start with more of a surface one, but um, we were out to dinner one night. So we recently started a new life group um, and it has many couples that have kind of experienced the Abide Retreat and Weekend together. Yeah, there's and a whole so, group actually from the church that they're at down in Orange that have now come through Abide. So oh, nice. that's really neat that you guys have a community there that, that gets it. Yeah. 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 And we were hungry to start that like three years ago and god is like no wait you know like i'm not ready yet and so um it's been that that group alone has been a, a work in progress of not getting ahead of his plan um but anyways we were talking about just the the uniqueness and the couples that we really felt like we should personally ask and invite into this group and there was one couple specifically and just because of circumstances like it was just a more complex situation and we were out to dinner one night and i said you know what jeff like i just really have this like strong nudging that we need to ask them and um 
And I was like, well, I have a strong nudging that we better ask them because we need to be obedient and ask them. Yeah. So yeah, speaking to both of our hearts and we were able to come together with that. Um, you know, they're they're the first people we're gonna ask. So yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then on a more, I mean, again, like impacts our whole family, but um over this past summer. I was doing kind of like a simulcast event with a small group of women and um, the whole event had ended and they were closing their time in worship and one of the songs um, had like the lyric, I am available. And I just, it was this like kind of, it was a Holy Spirit moment, but it was almost like one of those out of body experiences. And I had packed everything away and I just had this like strong, prompting that I need to take my journal out and just write those words. I am available. And so we have been praying through um, decisions. Our son was going into high school um, and that was a big decision for us. And and so I just thought, okay, I'm I'm writing, I am available. I don't know what that even means yet or or what is is that going to even look like, but I know I need to write that. And so over the course of abiding and praying and surrendering and um, all of the things that maybe are more challenging for me to give up control and all of that. Um, it was made clear that I am available meant that I was supposed to um, just surrender my schedule and my time um, to to commute a rather long distance for our kids to go to a new private school. And so um, that has been a continual process of surrender because there are days that I wake up and I just don't want to make that hour drive. <laughs> Um, And so I have to remind myself that like he who promised is faithful and he has a plan in that. And I'm just being obedient for, you know, this chunk of time. Yeah. Yeah. And and to circle back to the unity in that at this, like I said, like six months ago, I started a new position in my job and was, you know, mainly out of the feeling like I've earned more. They should be giving me more. Like I I need to make a move because they're not going to do anything for me. So. I made that move and, you know, and as God always does, as soon as he gives you something, he asks for it back. So um, <laughs> it, it went to the tuition. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> so uh, talk a little bit more about that process because it's, it's uh, great for people to learn this. <clears throat> you got this impression mm-hmm. uh, and you write it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, you know, we we talk about uh, again John uh, 16, 13 to fifteen. The Holy Spirit says, "I'm telling you of things to come," and it kind of looks like what you just said is, "I'm I'm giving you a heads up, pay attention to something that I'm speaking." And a uh, couple things, could you describe what happened at that moment that you got impressed? Yeah, I need to I need to write this down. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like? Because people, a lot of times, they don't understand exactly what that is. It's happening to them, but they don't really understand it. You obviously understood it. What happened when you said, I, you know, I need to write this down? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there were a, a couple of different things that happened. One is, is just that faithful obedience in that one simple next step, right? So I could have felt like I needed to write that down, but if I, I didn't or find a piece of paper or take out a journal, what have you, um, 
we might not be talking about it today. I don't know, you know? Um, and so I was also with um, two other women. And so there was a level of accountability. I knew I needed to write it down. I, I was obedient, but I also voiced it and I shared that with them. Yes. And the raw, the, the process of it all and just being so raw and vulnerable in that, like, this just happened and I did this, but I don't even know what it means right. yet. And we were able to share and come together and pray over it. Um, and then we were able to journey, you know, obviously with the Lord and with Jeff, but also with a small group of just those core, core friends that knew what to pray for. Um, and it, it unfolded over time. And it, it's, you know, there was a song we sang at church this weekend and the lyrics just again struck me. And it was just like, how he's in the waiting. Um, and, and just, again, that word, like how much activity there is in waiting and being still. Um, and we could talk about just all the noise in our life and how much more difficult it is to hear from him when everything's chaotic and frantic. But um, I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, yeah, that does. Uh, <laughs> you, know, the, you, trusted, you trusted that I'm hearing something. Uh, you wrote it down, you spoke it. Uh, mm -hmm. They said, yeah, we confirmed that we'd like to pray over that. And then you said something that's really important. <clears throat> you said you don't, you don't know what that meant. Um, right. And that's how it works is that it's not about, you know, here's all the full answer to it all. It's just I'm, I'm going to take you on a journey. And you, you, you actually need to start it with, yeah, I don't really know what this means yet, but I'm willing to go. Mm -hmm. uh, so you said that, uh, I don't really know what it means. I'm willing to go. How did the two of you then go to, to receive exactly what he was saying about that? Uh, including, you know, you said, Hey, I, I got, I got a promotion, but, <laughs> uh, he said, yeah, because the money's going to be used yeah, for this. Exactly. You know? uh, so how did that, how did you go further than to say, okay, I need to go investigate. What does that look like? How did you do yeah. that to how did And you how did you process to get, together? Yeah, together. yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I obviously had come home from that weekend and kind of shared with him what had happened and just the uncertainty. And, um, it was really, I think we probably prayed about it individually. I mean, we were already praying for school. That was a huge, yeah. I mean, that was just a huge decision that was weighing very heavily sure. on And so um, then it was kind of like there was this aha moment of like, oh, well, there's this option out here that you're probably not even like considering, but maybe you should. And so then I think it just created this dialogue of we would share little bits and pieces that we were receiving yeah. and more clarity from the Lord um, and go back to praying about it and, and just... Um, just seeing him like write this story in front yeah. of us more or less but um a lot of a lot of prayer a lot of prayer and and then it was it was hard because it was yeah. you know um it was a, a surrendered act of obedience on my um because selfishly i would not choose this right right <laughs> um right. And so, you know, those are, those are hard decisions. Like the, the hard decision is seldom the easy or the um, decision right. that doesn't come at a cost. Yeah. Is there a specific promise or anything that he spoke to you guys during that, that 
been made. I know often that is what will sustain you through a difficult decision when you know he's calling you to do something that maybe you don't want to do, but he's given you a promise. Was there anything that he he really spoke to you guys in a promise through scripture or anything that that helped you to really surrender that with faith that yes, this is going to be best and none better? Just a couple little puzzle pieces that, you know, we were just given in that God time and then we were able to put them all together. Um, mm -hmm. You know, because, you know, he, it was a struggle just to get accepted and going from homeschool to the public school. And so right. like the week before he got accepted to the public school and then, um, you know, God always speaks through me to me through sermons and, you know, just a little one liner in the sermon was, you know, if you can, then you should. <laughs> and uh, I was like, and then we were, and then I talked to somebody who um, had went to public, to private school, a Christian school, their whole entire schooling. And then when it came time to high school, they went to public school and he, um, you know, spoke to me about his testimony and he was like, I just wish that I was never thrown into that because I wasn't ready for it. Mm. And, you know, knowing my son, I know he wasn't really ready for that either. So then I had that little piece of, you know, if you can, then you should. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No brainer. Mm -hmm. And then we just sat together on the beach one, one day on vacation and we're, we're like, let's put all these pieces together and make that decision that's did you guys do a lot of journaling in the midst of that i know for you know for myself that helps when there's a long waiting period um to be able to to track back and see in the journal in my journal the things that he has spoken over the questions that i'm asking so that i can then connect the pieces you know yeah i'm a big journaler anyways so yeah i did a ton of journaling and i think I think for this situation, they were more specific, like, like words or verbs that I was being mm -hmm. impressed with rather than like a promise. I mean, I could tell you all the promises that apply to the situation, but they mm -hmm. weren't, it was really surrender and obedience. Wow. Um, and yeah. just his faithfulness of, you know what, like, you don't know what this looks like, but do you trust me? Do you, uh -huh. do you like, have I ever proved you otherwise you know yeah, and so um, faithful. Faithful. and he was yeah. using those same two words to me at, a, at mm -hmm. the same time separate but, yeah 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 and so when you um <clears throat> and there's a great description you you said you kind of you kind of had all these pieces um and then you got together you're on vacation and you kind of just said okay let's let's try to understand what they're all saying to you so you kind of you said you laid them out and you kind of processed them together um, how did you come to a, a unity at that moment to say, you know what, we now see the answer? Um, how, how did that look like where you came together and said, this is what, this is what he's asking us to do? Yeah. I think we, we knew that the options, we knew which options needed to kind of go by the wayside. Um, and letting them go was, again, that process of, of surrendering easy and embracing hard and challenging. And so then it became like this communication, like, okay, well, I'll reach out. I'll, we'll continuously take the one next. Yeah. Um, and, and I just always envision like rocks across the river yeah. and I can't take a giant leap, but I can step on one rock and then the next. And uh, then the next. Beautiful. 
Um, and so taking that step and reaching out to the school, and even I remember going into that meeting that we had with the principal and I was like, okay, we've done this, but I just, I, I was waiting to hear the reason why it couldn't work. That's right. We'll, we'll do all that. We'll do all this work, but uh, make sure, make sure you tell us why it ain't going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody selfish like life and desires that, but, um, <laughs> I said, well, what time does school start? Because thinking in my mind, like logistics, and I'm a planner and type A and all those things. And and she says, 8.30. And I was like, oh, well, that was going to be my one like definitive, like if it was seven o'clock, we would not probably, right. you know, but I'm no like, way. oh, 8.30. <laughs> so um, that was really, I mean, so silly of a detail, but that really was the defining um, information that we received that was like, okay, we can do Oh, and it's, yeah, I mean, this is not a, this is, you know, we've, we've done homeschool, we've done public school, we've done private school. So it's not a, um, like, you must do this, this, and this, but for our situation, we just um, know our kids best. And yeah. this was the, the right fit for them. Yeah. How's it going for them? <clears throat> it's going, it's been a COVID year. And mm -hmm. so um, <laughs> we've been home the last two weeks, actually, they go back tomorrow, finally. Yeah. But, um, we yeah, it worked up, through your household, right? <laughs> yeah, we woke up New Year's Day, and you want to talk about just kind of like, okay, Lord, what's going on? But um, New Year's Day, I got COVID, and so it was like, okay, like, um, and thankfully we're fine, and it was yeah. mild and all yeah, that. Yeah, that's but, right. Um, I just always know, like, when when he's up to something so good and yeah. so big, um, the enemy is going to try to get us at every angle. And it was one of those moments like, okay, it's literally January 1st and you're trying to take it down. <laughs> um, so. Come on, 2022. Yeah. So your, kid, your kids are enjoying uh, the school? They are. Yes. yes, they are. And so all three of them are there now, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And even the one who wanted to stay in homeschool um, and is shies away from being social much like her parents um used to um is one of the ones who's most excited about getting up and going to school yeah. yes wow. well that'll oh, be beautiful that'll be fun to uh uh have you back on and tell us uh you know what happened further because obviously and this is really cool about god is he's up to something <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah he asked you to sacrifice but uh, he's doing something with your kids and uh, the whole story. It'll be interesting to see later as you understand, mm -hmm. oh, this is part of what it was about mm -hmm. for us to have to, you know, go through the, the sacrifice that you're making, which is quite admirable uh, that you're, you know, doing this for your kids. And then, uh, of course, uh, Jeff, he said, uh, yeah, thanks for the raise, but I'm, I'm taking it all back. <laughs> <laughs> it's all his to begin with, That's right? It, yeah. <laughs> I can't out give him, so. Yeah. Of three kids, I mean, I will just say my, yes, mm -hmm. we are very blessed. My parents are very gracious in helping and coming alongside. So we are, yeah, um, it's, it's a family effort. Yes. yes. Yep. Yeah, I know it is a blessing for you to have your family close by. And I, I see pictures of Donna posting time with the grandkids often. And um, we had the privilege actually of taking um, her mom and dad through a bite as well. So oh, I, I've gotten to know them, this sweet couple. That's yeah. neat. Well, we really appreciate you uh, sharing your story. And 
what a great description of the process. Um, uh, it's uh, we tr we try to illustrate it, but you illustrated it really well of how beautiful it is. And and uh, I know you're excited about uh, uh, having that happen more and more often to you of God saying, "Well, here I got more more to show you," and it sounds like you'll be excited to receive it. So. Uh, we can see the joy just in your hearts to live it out and what a, what a beautiful thing it is to live it out. So thank you so much for sharing with the audience uh, your personal story. And we wish you continued uh, uh, opportunity to hear his voice, walk with him. And it'll be fun to see as, again, we come back and say, you know, what, what, what did you learn about for your kids? Why did he do all this? You know, there's something there that's going to be cool. So. And it's it's beautiful to watch these guys too, just um, as they have embraced abiding and just listening and um, and surrendering to God. They are also taking that and teaching others, and and God is giving them ample opportunities to do that. And it's just been a beautiful thing, I think, through your community and just to see what God's doing to use you guys to multiply it out. Yeah, so. yeah, it's beautiful. So Kathy, we'll uh, I'll pick it up again tomorrow with uh, End Times Friday. And again, thank you guys for for joining us and uh, we, we look forward to having you back. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Have a great afternoon. Yep. Okay, we'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.